commence primary ignition. This is Star Wars. Look out! You may fire when ready. From the bright center of the galaxy, I'm Drax Combat, and you're listening to Core World News, your Hollywood news show for in-depth coverage and analysis for the latest stories from around the galaxy. Now, your segment rundown for March 13th, 2020. Commander Cobra's Clone Wars Conspectors. Kyber Crystal Comics Corner. But first, Star Wars Galaxy of Adventures Season 2 trailer has been unveiled. Now their host, Ben Grant Adam, to discuss. All right. Thank you, Grex. Yeah. Here we are. Welcome back. Um, we are reporting from various starships around the galaxy. Um, and yeah, so uh, Galaxy Adventure, mostly a kid's, branded a kid's animated cartoon um, that sort of highlights a lot of uh, great points. Their first season was all about the original trilogy. Um, and, and it's it's just amazing. The animation's amazing. Yeah, oh, uh, totally. Yeah, and, and so now is the studio behind the animation, and uh, it's yeah. very fluid. It, it's it's it, it is geared for kids and in, in sort of how you how the characters are drawn, but uh, the an, the fluidity of the movement of the characters is amazing. And I tune in for the heightened and like exaggerated action. And, yeah. and as you said, Ben, it, it covers all the greatest moments of, well, the first season was the original trilogy. Now it looks like we're getting the sequel yeah. trilogy. Yeah. And using original audio, right, from the movies. So it kind of just all it does yeah. is is reanimate. It's really neat. Yeah. Super yeah. cool. Um, so if you if you haven't tuned into that before, uh, by all means, tune in. Uh, what moments are you guys hoping they cover in the second season? Man. Yeah, I saw one that popped out that I'm really excited to see, which is Leia uh, or Ray's training with Leia. Yes, Ooh, it seems like yeah. they've extended that quite a bit. So I'm 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 really looking forward to seeing that part. Oh yeah, that's I'm right there with you. I think that'd be my most anticipated uh, little short there because uh, I loved Leia and Ray's relationship, but I know they didn't have a lot to work with to build that relationship. To have to see even more of that in comic yeah. form, in Galaxy of Adventures, in novel form, in anything, I would love it. And I think we got. A bit of that in um, uh, Alpha, not Alpha Squadron. Um, what was the most recent Re- Resistance Reborn? I think we got a little right. bit of Leia and yeah, yeah. Ray's relationship, and there's a lot of growth in that book. Um, and I really loved that stuff. And I thought it was really, 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 really beautiful and poignant. And uh, would love to get more of that for sure. Yeah. yeah to to that end, um, I would actually love some Last Jedi content of Ray training with Luke. Uh, mm-hmm. I know because we only got a little bit of that, but it'd be interesting if they showed their conflict um, or something with the tree or Yoda or just even Ray like training next to that rock, you know, next to that. Bullet. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot they could do with Last Jedi because especially that segment of Last Jedi, because it's so quiet that that movie in general, that's easy to slip in added things that are just knowing looks between them. You know, that'd be really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And I did see there's one um, image of BB-8 firing uh, casino tokens at people. So there, there's going to be some Cano Bite stuff in there, which I'm pretty excited about that, too. Yeah, yeah cool. me too. And going back to Octu, uh, and, we'll, and this has much to do with the comic we're going to talk about later in, in the show, but uh, I wouldn't mind seeing the Emperor kind of pushed into that that hut scene with Luke and, oh. Luke and Kylo. Like a little bit of the Emperor in that moment might be really fun. It might tie a lot of stuff together in a really interesting yeah. way. Yeah, I'm... Um, I'm ready for some Emperor Palpatine retconning in yeah. the in seven and eight, be it yeah. in novel form or comic form. Like I will thoroughly enjoy that. We'll we'll hit on that, I think. Yeah, a little, a little bit. bit when we talk about comics. Yeah, definitely. Um yeah, so check it out. Uh I love the first season. Um really looking forward to the second season. Commander, contact your troops. Now from the front lines of the other MCGs, Commander Cody's Clone Wars Conspectus. Very good, sir. All right, and so this is Commander Cody's Clone Wars Conspectus. A uh, little reminder that Conspectus means synopsis or a thorough reviewing, which is what we're doing, and we're learning new words at the same time. Um, this, <laughs> learning is fun. <laughs> yeah, it would have been more on brand to use debriefing or something that's kind of military sounding, but yeah, I like. But this. it like doesn't start with a C, so we exactly. couldn't. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Listen, we are we are, if nothing else, slaves to alliteration. Uh, yeah, uh, you're welcome. You're welcome, us. Um, so, yeah, so this is episode five, Unfinished Business. Um, it may or may not be the end of the Bad Batch uh, arc. Um, if you haven't been watching this season, I suggest you find a way to do it. It's super fun. I've been loving it. Um, a brief overview of this uh, episode. 
Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Mace Windu utilize Corporal Echo's algorithm against his former captors, Admiral Trench and the Separatists. And the Bad Batch gain a new member. Um, so what did you guys uh, think about this uh, romp? It's a lot of action in this one. Yeah. I'll let you go first, Adam. <laughs> okay. Uh, it, it was a lot of, it was like, and crickets. No, it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Um, it is, it is, these, it reminds me that Clone Wars are meant to be watched. Episodes are meant to be watched in their arcs as almost standalone movies, right? Like I watching this made me want to go back and rewatch all four episodes in a row as just one long story. Um, because this really just feels like the climax of a movie. And it's so much fun, and there's so many neat things, and I have a list of things I want to hit on, but we'll get there. But what about you, Grant? Yeah, this I think the scale of this episode blew me away. Uh, yeah, I love that yeah. when the 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 Republic troopers descend on uh, the, the the clone command base on Araxis, mm -hmm. I thought that yeah. was just incredible, like an incredible sequence. You also get uh, Republic bombers coming out, and I, I did see a kind of a match a shot that matched the last Jedi where the bombers flew over and you see the kind of like a bird's eye view. It's kind of a top down view. It looked really, really pretty. I, it feels as if they maybe were animating this in tandem, you know, during the, when the last Jedi, Jedi was being shot and things like that, or after the mm. fact. And, and mm. it, it, I feel some influence from the sequel trilogy in this new season of the clone wars, which I'm really excited about. But uh, we also got some awesome Jedi action. Like we got a yeah. lot of Mace Windu in this episode, which I <laughs> loved. Yeah. I love that at one point Mace Windu tries to reason with the droids. Yeah. <laughs> and I was, that was as my they, favorite moment. As if they have free will. And I was like, I was fascinated by that. I was like, ah, oh, this, this is so interesting. And a comic we'll talk about later there. They talk about, you know, uh, droids are almost, they're seen as valuables to some people. They're seen as, you know, as human to, to Jedi and, and characters who see that they think they do have free will to some extent. And um, uh, droids are just fascinating to me. And so when May started, tried to reason with them, I thought that was a really cool moment. Um, yeah. A lot of action after that. Uh, we get the the end of Trench, which was really cool. I know. To see. Uh, it was, I mean, like now, and just Hardly like you said, Adam, I would love to go back and watch one, two, three, four, just to see, you know, Trench's whole story arc there and what, what, yeah. what's going on. Uh, my big takeaway from this is that uh, it's interesting that the kind of that, that scorched earth tactic or the uh, annihilation tactic or, uh, that it trench that the kind of rhetoric that trench uses that the idea of kind of sacrificing all your units to sow uh, conflict or sow disease or frustration in your enemy is is it's a tactic that seemed to continue after the Clone Wars. It seems to be what Palpatine employed during. You know, Operation Cinder and, uh, oh, right. and all, all yeah. these kind of things where he's kind of burning what's left of his empire to sow disease and confusion and and, and conflict. And I think that's right. really, really interesting. And I think that actually started in the Clone Wars. And I think yeah. that continued from there. And you see that logical progression. When a when a forest grows too big and it starts killing all so, so much that sun can't reach the bottom, sometimes you need some control burning to to restart the growth. Yeah, yeah, and, and negative growth in their case. But yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, fascinating. There was so much to to go on here. I also loved that. I, I loved the the attack. Um, for me, as like a, a chronic Battlefront two player, um, I loved that it was uh, Obi Wan Kenobi's two hundred twelfth squadron in like the yellow. Um, <laughs> that that was like utilized. They had arc troopers. There's a lot of synergy with um, Battlefront two on this. There's uh, jet troopers that were very um prominent the arc troopers were like borrowed from a different unit possibly the 501st or they're just like the arcs are like a, a kind of trooper that's like they're the most elite of the elite they're the ones with like double pauldrons and like two um of the uh of, of you know two handguns and stuff and so they were like the blue ones that were in there so it was just like to me it just sang to me and like right after i watched that while i was waiting for the pod to happen i went on co-op in um as the clones and just like wrecked like b1 <laughs> battle droids as obi-wan kenobi and as um and and as the 212th and it yeah. was so fun like i just was like i gotta jump into this and it just made it so fun um, i had a i had a battlefront 2 moment too when i was watching this episode which is funny because when they were attacking the clone command ship um that or not the clone command ship the uh, droid command ship um yes. that is one of my that's my favorite um map in the starfighter uh oh, yeah and i just want as i had the similar urge if i had a few more minutes i probably might have actually fired up the ps4 and jumped in and played a couple rounds of that one yeah 
Yeah, it's super fun. I, I think my um my my highlight from this though was uh Anakin's arc in here. Yes. In yeah. very on brand Anakin's like, you know what? I'm just gonna go beat it out of the Admiral, like the information that he needed to get. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. um so he just like which is very Walter Sobchak if we're gonna make a um Big Lebowski parallel. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, your plan's so simple, Walter. Um, but he, uh, yeah, so he goes and, and he takes on Admiral Trench himself. Just like, he's like, you know what? I'm just going to go up there. And um, they really did a lot to um, show the the maturation of Anakin Skywalker and sort of like where he is at this point in the Clone Wars where he's just kind of like he's decided who he is as a person. Yeah. And it's... Yeah. He's like, I, I don't have the weaknesses of other Jedi, which is just like, I'm just going to do what I'm going to do. Which yeah, is, he, he knows the Jedi he is at this point. Yeah. yeah. And A, it was super fun to watch. Like, Guilty Pleasure, you're just like, no, nah, I'm just going to kill you. Like, I'm just going to start hacking limbs until you talk, which is very on brand for Vader. And then uh, and then ultimately killing Trench just yeah. with a sword, lightsaber through the heart was like awesome man <laughs> there's so I mean, much of, like the the jedi doctrine that's just like oh but you're gonna do that and then they're gonna come back and kill so many people because you didn't kill him you know yeah and um, there's not that frustration there i'm so glad that trench didn't get away again um, i know yeah and, it's and, and we get so like we get a straight up vader line out of anakin as he's walking away it was a pleasure like like oh, admiral yeah. it was yeah. a pleasure like as he's well, dying floor yeah, yeah like that's vader he is he is almost full vader at this point and i like how much that moment connects to the beginning of episode three when he kills dooku right like it's not yeah. it's not the first time he's taken a life when he didn't need to take a life right like you could see it like he's yeah. i love that yeah yeah trench doesn't seem like a fighter you know and anakin just takes him out and it's yep yeah yeah it's yeah. It's, it's dark behavior and he, he's definitely going down that road uh yeah. you can see um yeah i thought this episode was incredible like i, I yeah Tech again, standout character for me. I really, really love the Bad Batch, <laughs> and among them, I love Tech. I love that he, when Echo's hacking into the the Droid Command system, he uh, Tech's you know uh, changing his location. He's kind of splicing into the situation. He's intercepting transmissions. Like he is a really useful uh, uh, soldier to have on your in your unit. He's a really cool character. Yeah, um, yeah. I think he's kind of my, my favorite character of the four episodes we've had so far. He's great. I think this episode might have made me a is it a crosshair. What's his name? Yeah, yeah crosshair. Might made me a crosshair fan because that that mirror trick, yeah. uh, I was on board for when he just <laughs> shoots a mirror, like just sets up all these mirrors. I'm like, they they have clearly been building this because all we knew about this character for the first three episodes was yeah, he's a good shot, and they really went above and beyond what he's capable showing what he's capable of in this episode. Yeah, yeah, that was an yeah. awesome. Same. I do feel like the these episodes are, are a little kind of dude heavy or like twelve year old boy centric. In what? a lot of You're guys crazy. on <laughs> screen, and I, I I miss the days of Ahsoka, and I I, I have to too. think I have to think there there is somewhat of a misstep or just the missed opportunity to make one of the clones in the Bad Batch like have a chromosome mutation so they are a girl. Like I think yeah. that would be really cool. I mean, That'd be a really cool story choice, in my opinion. You're dealing with mutations, right? You're dealing yeah. with these people and the mutations that these that these individuals have gone through are not a single chromosomal change, right? Like they have really been tinkering with the DNA. So the the odds that just one, you know, one uh, chromosome got switched, the the flip, the, the switch got flipped, you know, yeah, would make sense because we all start out right. We all start out female. Exactly. And and it's actually a mutation that turns females into males. That's the natural starting point. So it makes sense that out of all of these billions upon billions of clones, that some of them, for whatever reason, that flip didn't sw that switch didn't flip. Yeah. yeah, it'd be really cool to hear like tomorrow, like the kind of the, the morphing of tomorrow Morrison's accent and into a new, you know, yeah. female voice actor. That'd be really, really interesting, in my opinion. Yeah. And you know, if Jurassic Park taught us anything, it's that nature finds a way. That's yeah. right. That's right. They can even allude. They, uh, oh my God! If they had done it, they would have alluded. To that yeah, exact bring it in, Jeff Goldblum like character. Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Tech would have to say it and be like looking at water or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I love this episode. That was great. I can't wait to see where we go after this. Uh, so, are we done with Araxis now? Do you guys think? Or yeah, I think we're done. Either? Probably. Done this, this. I mean, that's how Clone Wars rolls, right? It moves yeah. pretty fast past something once it's done with it. I'm surprised well, we spent five episodes there, to be honest. That's uh, was it five? I thought it was four. 
four so far. Oh, it was four. Sorry, I, I read no, it. that's all right. Four, so that's ignore right. my earlier comment that was erroneous. I so I had a thought. Like I really, really enjoyed this episode. I am so excited to get back with um, Ahsoka that I just was kind of like I started the episode, and I'll be a hundred percent honest. I was first like, "Oh, are we still doing this?" Because I was just <laughs> I want to see Ahsoka, yeah. and then literally two minutes later, I'm in and I'm loving it. I'm glad we did it. But I, I did the math. I'm like a third of this season. Right, has been spent on this arc. Yeah. yeah. Which is fine. It's a, a great lot of, arc. A lot of screen time. Yeah. For this it's arc. a great arc, but like, let's get to Ahsoka. Like, yeah. Like, I, yeah so you, I'm getting yeah. anxious because it's the final season, right? I feel like this every time I watch the final season of any show, I get anxious about like, you have only so much limited time left. What are you doing? You have so many plot lines to close up. When in reality, they don't. But like, yeah. we, yeah. Here we are. Uh, yeah. yeah. I could I'm use definitely another 100 episodes if they yeah. had. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm a huge. You guys know I'm a huge proponent of uh, Ahsoka, and I want her in the games. I think you could have put her in the sequel trilogy in an interesting way, where yeah, it's like yeah. she almost feels like the logical progression after Luke for Rey in terms of a, a, a teacher. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, it was just it was just it felt so you know right for it's, that yeah. that kind of a story choice. But um, but nonetheless, hopefully we, we get more Ahsoka. I would love an Ahsoka comic. I would love more Ahsoka books. E.K. Johnson's book was great. I would love yeah. more books. I would love more comics. I would love her games. I would love her all over the place because I think, one, she's colorful. I think she has this really interesting uh, kind of alignment. Uh, she's, she's trying to figure out, you know, all the deep secret, secrets of the Force and the mysteries of the Force without, you know, subscribing to any one, you know, religion, be it the Jedi or the dark side or anything like that. And I think that's fascinating. I think she's just a really interesting character. I'd love to see. Agreed. More. Definitely. Uh, and um, I'd be remiss. We, we did tease um, the fact that the Bad Batch did gain a new member. Yes. Um, if you know their ethos as they're sort of a group of misfits, um, clone troop, uh, troop number 99, um, they uh, they brought in Echo at the end to sort of yeah. spoil this. Like uh, Rex gave him a choice, even though that's, he's his friend. He's just like, if that's where you feel like you belong, you can go there. And sure enough, he's like, all right. So interesting that like they already have tech and he does a lot of the stuff that that um, Echo would do also. But um, I don't know. They've uh, I, I, he can certainly help. And he knows like a bunch of strategy. He's and can, like he's like their their technomancer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like he's kind of like their droid, actually. And yeah. like standard, yeah. you know, like on ensemb- yeah. Star Wars ensemble, he, he's filling in the droid um, cool. category. Yeah. It was uh, nice. It was it was done well because what I really liked about it was the fact that like he didn't feel forced into a decision, right? Like he was yeah. he was welcome in both places, and it was completely his decision about where he would feel most comfortable right now. Yeah, it worked. So we get a lot about free. Too. What's that? It worked perfectly with the story too. I mean, setting up Echo, setting up his the situation of him being used as this algorithm for the droid. Uh, for the droid federation and, and then having him find his home in the bad batch just makes it's just a perfect story it's just a perfect abc yeah. story yeah yeah. yeah i mean yeah he starts as a, a complete slave with zero free will to then having 100 percent free will and choosing his fate um which is awesome he also got a really cool new uh clone helmet which i was pleased about <laughs> yes yeah hopefully those figures come out soon i I'm a big trooper collector, as you guys know. So hopefully, if we can get, yeah. I can get my hands on those soon. That'd be great. I know. I'm I'm missing my weekly target trips to <laughs> see what's see what's going on. There's <laughs> nothing on the racks <laughs> anywhere. Everyone's hoarding any Star Wars uh, toys. Black figures, yeah. <laughs> Black figures. The end of the world the, is uh, coming. Buy Black Series. It's the yeah. economy of the new world. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, awesome. Yeah. Super great episode. So, uh, we'll see what happens next week there. Um, next week. <laughs> uh, checks out. All right. Welcome to Kyber Crystal Comics Corner. Uh, we are covering three comics today. Uh, we'll start with, I think the most anticipated of the three, which is the rise of Kylo Ren number four written by Charles Sewell. Artist is Will Sliney. Colorist is Guru EFX. And if I'm not mistaken, the letter is VC's Joe Caramanga. Um, in Killing Luke's student, Vo and the almighty Ren, Ben Solo fulfills his birthright as the heir apparent to Darth Vader and commits himself to the dark side and renames himself Kylo Ren. That's kind of that's my summary for the issue. There's a yeah. lot going on in this issue. Uh, he also crafts huh. his lightsaber, which is huge. Um, yeah. Bleeds, yeah. his cri- bleeds his crystal in the process. Um, yes, a lot going on. He is. Uh, 
you know what? He wanted to be like his grandfather, and he's he's a lot like his grandfather in this episode because his fall is kind of quick. <laughs> it's quite quick. Yeah. yeah. You really yeah. don't get a lot of like that cerebral reckoning or that logic. You don't. It doesn't really click. It's kind of. It's very similar to Anakin in that it happens very uh, uh, briskly. It's just quickly yeah. happens. Right. Yeah. Well, we know he's conflicted. We see him yep. sort of like not being there. He's speaking to um, Snoke, and Snoke's obviously breathing a lot of like, "Oh, you need to unleash your potential." There's all these other things, and mm-hmm. it, I mean, and it did look to me like he wanted to create a path of his own away from. I mean, as much as he, he loves his grandfather, but away from Luke Skywalker and his mother and get out from their shadow to do some stuff on his own. We, I, it just wasn't very clear, like what that this how committed he was to the dark side and how strongly the dark side was speaking to him. Yeah, it's yeah, it seems weird to me, too, that the motivating fact was that Ren killed his old friend and um, um and then uh, and then he killed a Sith, basically. And that made him part of the dark side. You know what I mean? It's right. it's, it's I mean, not unlike killing Dooku. But yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was so dark when he kills uh, Vo, by the way. That was a very dark yeah. moment yeah, that's that, I, was the that I thought <laughs> that I thought going forward in his life, uh, for instance, moments in which we see him in the sequel trilogy. He would be still. He would be reflecting on that moment because that was a very dark, deed, a very dark kind of uh, uh, killing in cold blood. And it was, yeah. You know, he goes, "Why do? Why do you even want to leave?" And just impales her. And I was like, "Wow, that is extremely dark. That yeah. is something that I think he would carry until Super the very dark. end." You know, right? We also see a uh, little glimmer of uh, the future where he does a dark side mind trick where he essentially creates the dark side mind trick um, yeah. under Snoke's to- tutelage, I guess. Yeah. Showed- <laughs> this is something I was dying to talk about. And I probably sent you guys texts about <laughs> in the week. Yes. After, in the, the days after this. Release. Yeah. Cryptic but, um, tests though. I mean, so, see your full. Yeah. Take so like three, four, three years ago, whenever the force awakens released, I, uh, you know, I started, I noticed that the, the mind control or the mind trick ability seemed to be, you know, more powerful than it was in the original trilogy. And I generated, I, I myself generated like seven or, you know, ten posts about what that mind, that enhanced mind trick could mean, you know, how it could span back into some sort of large backstory and a, a new sect of, you know, of, of Force believers or, or a new religion of the Force that kind of created that sort of a mind trick. And I, there's so many. And then there's so many other people who are also creating, you know, you know, mountains and mountains of ideas about what that enhanced mind trick could mean and why it's now coming into play so late in the the Skywalker saga and and what that all means. And they kind of write that mind trick off in like two sentences in this comic. They're like, oh, yeah, it's just an enhanced mind trick that Snoke taught me. And for me, I was like, oh, wait, Snoke could be this cerebral. He could be someone who maybe can't, you know, he maybe he doesn't have force lightning. Maybe he can't move objects. Maybe he can't wield a lightsaber. Maybe he's like a cerebral force user. Maybe this cerebral, you know, study of the force, this kind of this this mind trick, you know, style that that is Snoke style in particular and it's if there's this there's this large backstory to why that is and where he comes from and all this kind of stuff and I think a lot of people were thinking that pondering that at the same time and um, to see it just written off in two sentences was kind of a little a little strange for me as someone who was like this is very different from what Lucas set up and I would love to have a, a real reason for why it is and uh, why why this is so enhanced and why this is so much stronger than the mind trick we've seen Obi-Wan use you know and yeah. so yeah. I, it was just kind of written off, and I know that doesn't bother other people. And I know that's not a big deal, but it's like for me, I was like, "Really? That's how we're gonna? That's that's it? All right, that's the answer." So, you want to hear why I was fine with it? You can put Go things into it. a brain. You can take things out of a brain. Right. Yeah. And it makes more one's sense light of... side, one's dark side. Right. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> that's Adam's simple force math. Right. And, and, like, and I think that's check. their math too. They, you know, they had, they did this in four episodes, like four issues, yeah. you know, this whole, this story about Snoke and Kylo and Kylo's turn that we've been like just debating and talking about ceaselessly since the sequel trilogy started. And, uh, I mean, I, I, I definitely hear you grant and I, I think yeah. I'm with you. It's like, I, I love the depth. I think there's a lot of room there to put depth in. And I think, you know, comics are a great medium, even though I'd love to see it on the big screen or an animated series. Um, And I I hope I hope, 
someone in Lucasfilm hears this and is like, you know what, we can take our time with this and sort of teach these things and people would, would want to see it. Uh, the thing I can't believe is that like, do you, even with all this material and the sequel trilogy is over, do we know anything more about Snoke than we did when we first saw him? No, he's a creation of Palpatine's the, yeah. the end. I, in, and yeah. some, yes, he's a puppet somewhat of Palpatine. We don't really know. Is he a botched clone of Palpatine? Does Palpatine control him? Is he just one of the Sith acolytes that's been held out there as a proxy for Palpatine to sort of precipitate this yeah. change? My uh, head canon that is that he's a botched clone of Luke. Yeah. I will, I will think that for as long as it takes until someone writes that in canon. I'm, so, I'm with you there, or, buddy. There's there's room for that, right? That we yeah. know we still know so little about Snoke. And I mean, maybe that's the blessing here. I, I, it does feel like if they had maybe waited to do this arc, this Kylo yeah. run after um, the series, you know, after the sequel trilogy was completed, they might have had a little more latitude to sort of write some more interesting stories, more like, mm -hmm. you know, go into some of these details in depth because uh, they or just, to, I don't or, think to, they, or just take some big swings, like right. connect characters to characters that we know in ways that we never thought that you know could be the case and i think that, that that's a big swing to me to I mean, not do something like that well, to not well feed put, something yeah, back yeah. into canon to not feed something back into canon and ultra canon is the misstep in my opinion like if you're just kind of adding to the canon everything's additive without reshaping or or yeah. you're not you know you're not building new stories it's like it's like that's that's a problem i think we should we it's, should try to take big swings in every way we can especially yeah. with star wars i mean george took so many big swings i mean the prequels right. were you know from one yeah. man his yeah, entire it's, it's not a problem it's a missed opportunity and so we have the luxury of doing this sort of like armchair quarterbacking sure. after the fact and you know we think about this and we don't have any bureaucracy or any of the other limiting factors on us so just to get that out there but, <laughs> yeah yeah we're not like but but i agree yeah. there's like this is a big mystical space opera with a lot of that can deal with a lot of things in a lot of cool ways because it is science fiction and it does have all these fun broad rules to the galaxy that we can that we can play with um, but, uh, but here we are, we got, through, we got through it, but it's I just mean, like, they sort of skipped across a lot of these like really major touch points to the, the character of Kylo Ren. Yeah. So I think part of it is it, I'm like, I, we've talked about it. I'm a big fan of the sequel trilogy. I love it. Um, having Disney take over Lucas film, there's good and bad things that are to come with that, right? The good is that we're going to get a lot more Star Wars, a lot yeah. more Star Wars, which is awesome. The bad is that they are a corporation who wants to make every single cent they can off of off of. That's why they spent billions of dollars getting this thing, right? Yeah. And so I think part of what we're seeing is is that they're in a holding pattern, trying to figure out what the next step is with with these characters, and yeah. because of that, they're not giving much leeway. And I have a really controversial idea. Maybe we just leave these characters alone for five years. Yeah, totally. There's so much other storytelling out there with the Mandalorian, with Project Luminous, with the Obi-Wan story. Like, maybe we just 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 leave it alone. Just do other tell other stuff. Deep storytelling. I'm so excited for Project Luminous because as the authors kind of stated pretty directly, we're finally able to write kind of whatever we want to write because we don't have to worry so much about canon. Obviously we can't destroy the universe and we can't kill Yoda, but apart from those things, we can do a lot of really creative storytelling because we have room to breathe and like, let's just do that for a little while. It's, it's so needed because when you deal with these characters from the films and you don't move the story in any, in, it, you don't create any major shifts in the story or, or remold their arc in an interesting way. It just feels like, it just feels like a, an unnecessary tale. And I don't want to say that because I really loved reading all this Kylo Ren run. I loved reading uh, the tie-ins of the, the, uh, um, the Road to yeah. the Republic or whatever that, that first tie-in series of comics was. I loved yeah. that as well. Uh, I just feel like if you dive into another era and you use different characters, you can actually create really compelling stories and, and make big shifts and, and have a lot going on. And I think that and, that, and to what you're saying, Adam, it's like, yeah, I think I feel like the dam was about to burst. So they had no other choice but to do the High Republic because it's like we have to give some creative freedom to people who are working in the Star Wars galaxy. Well, we have the, all these amazing people. Yeah. Let's let's let them yeah. do amazing things. Exactly. And I know the mandate right now is to always broaden the scope of the galaxy, always make the yeah, galaxy yeah. seem bigger, bigger and, right. and, and, and broader than 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 it was before you touched it. Right. So if you're an artist or a creative coming in to write a story or tell a story or draw a story or any any form of storytelling, 
your your goal is to to make the the galaxy seem broader and bigger. They're trying to turn Star Wars into Star Trek, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Because if you're a Star Trek fan, you'll and you encounter another Star Trek fan, you'll have a discussion of like, oh, what's your Star Trek? Oh, I watched Deep Space Nine. What about Enterprise? Oh, I didn't watch that one. Right? Like you can actually pick and choose. And I feel like they're trying to create such a large galaxy in Star Wars that you're gonna start actually we're gonna start bumping into Star Wars fans who are like, yeah, I don't really watch the movies. I just watch the Mandalorian and and read you know, whatever thing came out five years from now, right? They're really just trying to make this expansive galaxy. Yeah. Well, yes, I think, I think you're exactly right. It's, it's just going to keep getting bigger. I mean, I hope so again. I, yeah. I, my mantra is more, more, more as far yeah, as Star Wars, just like new stuff. Um, that said, and, and Adam, I agree with you. They should probably focus elsewhere and like sort of let the sequel trilogy marinate for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and let people sort of do their thing. I know off air, we have talked extensively about, um, a, a sequel to the sequel trilogy, an yes. episode 10, 11, 12. And um, there, mm. there, I'm going to go ahead and say it. There will be an episode where we do a pitch episode. That's a culmination yep. of all of our thoughts because we've had really good conversations in that. I'm something I'm really excited about. And I really want Lucasfilm to hear and like the hopes of that they might yeah. be inspired by some of it. And I know that's like an arrogant thing to say, but like it's, there's good stuff. We've had a lot of good ideas and we clearly think about this stuff all the time. Yeah. Um, listeners, if you have any ideas, we love to hear it. So, um, right on in and, and let us know what you think too, but that's an episode I'm really looking forward to taping, but back to the matter at hand here with this Kylo series, I was just thinking there's room for another arc for Kylo Ren after yes. this. Do you, do you think we're going to get it? Do you think we'll get one? Because all we, we have Kylo Ren. He has his name. He has his lightsaber. And we have Snoke, but we don't have any connection to the First Order yet. Um, is that a story you'd want to hear, read about? I, I think I think there's way too much red tape on that. I doubt we're, if we got only four issues with this Rise of Kylo Ren series, I doubt there's going to be a second. So, um, yeah, my answer is between those. Yes, I want it. I want it. But I want the full story. Does that make sense? Or I want I want. Yeah. The, well, yeah. I think that might be the answer. I think that's the same thing. Like the reason we only got these four episodes is because they were so hamstrung because the sequel trilogy wasn't finalized yet. Um, and now that it is, maybe they can tell a more interesting story about Kylo Ren sort of and Snoke and connecting the two. And maybe they can do some of this retcon um, Palpatine information in between. Um, you know how what his connection to Snoke is and what's going on and how the First Order was born and this. I mean, there, there's some great stuff in the novel um, Bloodlines where we see really early um, creation of this like rogue military um, that we think is going to become the First Order. And right. I would love well, to hear about this rogue military, how it connects to Exegol. You know, that sort of and then how Kylo Ren gets tied in. I mean, obviously, Ren doesn't know about Exegol yeah. until the end, but. Um, there could be a really cool story (laughs) in there. And so I I don't know. I just wonder if now that they have the latitude, um, to do that, if they will, there's work that needs to be done to connect a lot of the stuff that happened in episode nine and even between episode seven and eight. Yeah. Yeah. And if you, if you want to go back with Kylo, I think you have to, I think you have no choice, but to bring Han Solo into the picture, because I think, the the kind of emotional pairing of the prequels was obviously Anakin and Padme. I think the emotional pairing of the sequel trilogy, as much as there's a lot of Raylo on screen, I think Han and and Ben Solo yeah. are a key relationship. And I think Ben's fall should have had flashes to Han and flashes to Leia more than it did in these in this series because of how how prominent that relationship is in the films. It's really, that's a really it's good point. Really yeah. important relationship. I mean, there's so yeah. there's a lot to be told there, and I'm not talking about between seven and nine. I'm talking about between six and seven. Right. They can they can tell this story about Kylo's next, like the next stage of his journey. They can parallel it with um, General Organa, um, or even you know Senator Senator Leia Organa, her fall from senatorial status, her creation of her own like parallel militia um, to the First Order, and sort of how those two militias grow and then ultimately meet. Um, after the event at Starkiller. Yeah, totally. So do and we get, does Brian he have Sith Sister. eyes at the end of this issue, or is that just the gleam of the crystal in his hand? He like, definitely has Sith eyes. I, I, I read it as Sith eyes, yeah. Okay. Yeah, right. so that was one of the, that the creation of the lightsaber is where they did have a lot of inter- feet, um, uh, precedented information, uh, because we know we've seen from the Darth Vader run 
how a lightsaber becomes red or a, a kyber crystal becomes red. And right. I was curious. I thought he might have just taken the cheap way and stolen the Ren red lightsaber and used that. But he didn't. Mm -hmm. he, he used the the method taught to Vader by Sidious to change right. his blue lightsaber crystal to a red. And, and yeah. he Make cracked, he used the force. Yeah. He bled it and just poured himself into it. And at that point, he became full dark lord, you know, Sith lord with the yellow eyes, which is yeah. a very telling thing. And we had talked a lot about that in the past. But that's that's important. And there's even there's even some great foreshadowing uh, earlier in the comic when he's fighting when he's confronting Ty, one of the Jedi students uh, of Luke Skywalker, and in that they're fighting in these this kind of crystal cavern. It's like red crystal yeah. cavern. It's kind yeah. of foreshadows like yeah. At the end of the issue, we're gonna get you know his red crystal to his lightsaber, yeah. and all this kind of jazz. I had a very different headcanon idea of where that where that red crystal came from, or where his lightsaber came from, in that I thought it was like a fractured crystal of Vader's saber. Like mm -hmm. I thought. I thought he was Vader fanboy number one, and he was finding all yeah. the relics. You know, that's like yeah, that's kind yeah, of yeah. That would have made sense, yeah. And, and like, um, and because it's not the full, it's not Vader's full crystal, right? It's a fractured crystal. It's like a metaphor, right? right? It's like he's not; right. he'll never be; he'll never have the full crystal of Vader, Vader's crystal. Yeah, we also still don't know why he chose Kylo as his name. That was teased way back <laughs> yeah, in issue right. one. Right. Yeah. He just he's like, I have a name. You're gonna make fun of me for it. I yep. don't know. Because he Kylo. killed Ren. He's Kilo Ren. <laughs> yeah. We also called this, by the way. We, uh, we, yes. were like, we were like, he is easily going to kill that sinister Ren guy and take the Knights of Ren for himself. And like, yeah, I mean, that was issue it. one. Issue one. We're, but like, yeah. how else could have gone? Uh, the way Ren speaks sometimes feels very like. I, I don't say anachronistic, but like star anachronistic. It doesn't feel like Star Wars. It feels like mo like today, like pop culture today, like you know our our vernacular today. He's like, I think it's like sure, buddy. He says like he is. He's a funny character. Like I think he's one of the funniest characters I've read in the comics thus far. Yeah. Ren, Ren, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's he's an interesting. Yeah, he is an interesting character. He's a funny guy. But, yeah. Um. But ultimately, really interesting to actually get this material. Like, this is the kind of the this is what I found to be like. This is what I always thought thought it would be like the most compelling story is yep. is Kylo's fall. Obviously, that George thought someone's fall is the most compelling to him as well. That's what the prequels were, right? It's like someone's fall is really compelling. It's a it's a it's you know they're navigating the duality of the Force, and it's it's a lot to take in, and it's really interesting. I think a lot of interesting moments occur in these issues and and i give props to sewell i think he did a great job like honest like reading all of them i i bought all of them i have them all they're all you know yeah. they're all slabbed i'm looking forward to reading them again honestly I, yeah I, I'll yeah yeah me too cool man all right, all right and uh let's move on yeah move on to darth vader number two yes all right uh, dark heart of the sith part two by pack uh anko manan karamanga and lee all right after their confrontation is interrupted by Vendax, Land Squids, and Heat, Lord Vader and Padme, really Sabe, one of Padme's handmaiden, forge a tenuous alliance. Their quest, figure out who secreted Padme away just before her death. Next stop, Naboo. Love nice. it. Perfect summary. There you go. Uh, Land Squids or the Brood from Marvel Comics? <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, the Brood. Only if we get a... Only if we get like a... Darth Vader brood, half brood alien, like the like uh, the brood Wolverine, which is amazing. Yeah, Moving I love on. this issue. This issue was it was kind of not a lot happens in terms of time. Like it's basically like you know Vader and uh, Zed confirming the ID of the, this this Padme lookalike, and they figure out she's Sabe, and uh, and then um, uh, really what what I love about this comic is that uh, there's a lot of parallel action, and and Greg Pak does a great job of of interweaving that parallel action where it's like, you know, flashbacks to the past yeah. during moments in the current timeline. And it, it, it really beautiful stuff. And I, I hope they keep going with this sort of style. Whereas if you're going to do callbacks to a uh, certain, it, the, the films, by all means, show them in these kind of interwoven flashbacks, this parallel action. It's really, really pretty. And it's really, yeah. really powerful. Yeah. Incredibly powerful know. and incredibly messed up in a lot of ways. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, if you really think about it, this is messing with Anakin slash Vader's head, but really Anakin because he's having all these Anakin flashbacks and all these times when he was Anakin Skywalker. 
And it's like really his strongest test. It's everything he's ever wanted right at the finger, you know, at his fingertips. Like he he wanted to rule the galaxy with his wife. And this is like he's able to have these moments that if you've ever loved, you know, lost a loved one would give anything to have. And it's just like, you know, he's living, you know, he's he convinces her to, to work together with him where normally he would just steamroll whoever this person was. And um, it's just it's so it's like he gets to have these moments with Padme, even though it's not Padme. It's they even say the queen shadow. But I, I yeah, mean, now, now your local bookstore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Total synergy. You right must here. be the queen's shadow. Yeah. Hint, 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 hint. <laughs> Go buy the book. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we all I thought it was Sabe, I believe, right? I think we all predicted yeah, that. Yeah, we all yes. called Sorry, yeah. Cool. We called Sabe, yeah. Cuz she's like the she's like the Rambo like of the group. Yeah. Like she's like she's yeah. like the fighter. Yeah. Well, and, and she's, she's also... the one who started to figure out the the what was going on, right? The end of Queen right. Shadow. That's right. Um yeah, totally. Uh Zed, love Zed 67. I think he's one of my favorite droids from the uh the new comics. Totally. Sure, he's cool. Super funny. I mean, he's he's the levity that this comic needs. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, interesting that uh, kind of Vader gave time for Sabe and Zed to bury her comrades. I think are falling. Yeah, down. yeah. I was interested. So Vader, Vader actively made the decision to wait there while they buried them, and he 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 was also somewhat reverent for the dead. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like Anakin, in meeting Sabe, I feel like the kindness is returning to his soul. Like it, it really is. He's changing a little bit here. So that's yeah. That's I think really- he's yeah. He's off center with this which you see right with him seeing sabe and flashing back to specific moments of padme and him fighting hand in hand in the petronaki arena that's right yeah that's what i I mean i think he's he's offering sabe the allowances he would have given padme had she survived that incident and come to you know be with him it's Mm -hmm. he's like he's living out this parallel life that could have been if you know he was whole and and you know they had She'd carried on with him after his turn. It, it I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> it's yeah. Wild. Yeah, yeah. He's very much off brand Vader and back to sort of like parallel universe Anakin. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, so those video logs that they're hunting for that were hidden on that boo by Sabe and her, her people or whatever. Um, are those video logs going to show the meeting between Padme and Obi-Wan in Revenge of the Sith? Is that what that's going to show? That that's right. what happened right after he left, right? Right. I yeah. imagine that's exactly what's going to be on those video logs, right? I think they, yeah, I think that's what they they hinted at what it was because at the the at the end of Queen Shadow, it flashes forward mm. to this part, and I can't remember. I think they do talk about what's on there. I can't remember if it's that. Oh, that's right. Or is it or is it from the Jedi um, archives? Right? Is it the um, no, I think it's going to be from her quarters. From her quarters, okay. What happens is, so Obi-Wan goes there. He's looking for Anakin. He knows it. Because this is after what's happened at the temple, right? So right. he's he's been tasked to kill Anakin. And so he's he's on the trail. And But, I mean, the interesting part there is, A, he exposes, he knows that Anakin's the father of the child. And yeah. then and then he's, like, you know, he... he offers this information to her knowing that she will go find him. And then he sneaks aboard the cruiser, which is disrupts the, the fallacy of like the whole love triangle that Anakin, you know, his jealousy there because, you know, on Mustafar, she arrives and it looks like she took Obi-Wan with her, but she didn't, he snuck aboard. And so he'll see that and see the error of his ways, hopefully. Right. At least that one thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because that set him off really hard enough to kill uh padme which he'll probably still blame on you know obi-wan yeah, for because he doesn't think he killed padme so he but then again i think he i think he knows deep down that he he's possibly responsible for it but um i mean city has told him he did he yeah. was like in your anger yeah. you killed her yeah and i think to a degree i mean yeah and he did i think to a degree uh we don't know if like you know uh sidious was like manipulating events from you know from afar but sure. uh, but she does die, and it does seem to be you know out of you know, she's lost the will to live. Whatever, whatever you know, in terms of probably losing her, the one she loves, and all this kind of stuff, that makes perfect sense to me. But uh, at the same time, I feel like uh, this sets up a really interesting dynamic. Whereas Sabe, I think, is looking for the killer of Padme, and Vader is looking for the one who hid her away from him just after that event. When Sabe, I think, 
realizes that Vader's the, you know culpable, I think they're, that whole dynamic's going to change. And that's I love that they set up that tension. Yeah. 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 So ultimately, I think we know where this is going, right? Yeah. 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 Um, cool. Well, yeah. this is a fascinating arc. This is true comic book bizarro world for me, which I appreciate. You can only do this. Enjoy. Yeah. And I'm enjoying what the this is the team that did the last run on the Star Wars main run before it rebooted. So oh, I'm glad fun. to see them. I, I think Pack is really good storyteller, and I love this. He started it with last issue. I really am loving this kind of back and forth, you know, flashbacks and things like that. I think it's great parallel storytelling. Yeah. Speaking of parallel yeah. storytelling. Yeah. Good. Got, and I'm, and all of these, right, I think we're learning all of these stories are happening in parallel. All this new run are all happening in, in yeah. simultaneous timelines. Yeah. Which is they're all post. Yeah, exactly. Post uh, episode yeah. four. And speaking of that, we'll. we'll five. Yeah. Yeah. Five, yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll read the um, the kind of the the, the 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 premise of Bounty Hunters when we get there. Do you guys want to jump to that? Yeah, yeah I'm good. I'm ready. Yeah, let's do it. All right, cool. So, uh, Bounty Hunters number one came out this week. Uh, I think we all read it and we we liked it. Uh, it's Galaxy's Deadliest Part One: Ghosts of Corellia. Uh, the writer is Ethan Sachs. Artist is Paolo Villanelli. Colorist is Eroff Prianto, and letter is VCs Travis Lanham. Um, so I'll just let's just jump into like the brief description that they give at the front of the comic before I read the summary. Uh, the Rebel Alliance is all but defeated after the Battle of Hoth. The Empire has re- redoubled their efforts to crush the scattered freedom fighters. Fighters, while the civil war consumes the galaxy, the underworld thrives. Smugglers, mercenaries, and thieves serve crime syndicates and cartels that vie for influence, territory, and profit. I, I love that. It sounds like the, the yeah. kind of the, the crawl for a, a syndicate show. Uh, skilled and ruthless bounty hunters, uh, bounty hunters, some of the most dangerous killers in the galaxy, scour systems to track down wanted criminals for the highest price. Three of these hunters, Valance, Bosk, and Boba Fett, are considered some of the best. Mm. And they have a history with each other, one that's about to put them on a deadly collision course. That's kind of the bit, that's kind of the description they give before the comic begins. We'll do that for every new run of comics from now. I'm just kind of give yeah. that, that first little, you know. But I do a good job setting the stage. Right. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, my little summary of this issue is uh, when the galaxy's deadliest bounty hunters learn that Nakano Lash, a fellow hunter who betrayed them on Corellia years prior, has resurfaced, they seek to settle the score. That's that's kind of my little summary there, and. Uh, thought this was really fun and we get a lot more bounty hunters than we I, than i thought we were going to get we get nakano lash is a huge new character it's actually a nautilin bounty hunter so yeah really cool design yeah uh what'd you nautilin guys think is the species of um uh what's the jedi now that i can kit fist kit fist yeah, yeah so yeah they have the squid heads that aren't quarren they just have normal faces bulbous eyes and the squid squid dreadlocks can i uh, start on a bittersweet note sure this is dedicated to Alan Harris, who passed away earlier this year. He's he he played Bosk in the uh, in oh, episode yeah. five. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh. that's yeah. touching. And so I thought it was very I, sweet. I love how center stage Bosk is in this issue. Again, yes. we get possibly one of the greatest moments in comic history in this issue, which is Bosk versus Chrysanthemum. Yes, <laughs> in Bounty Hunters number one. Go pick yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of love for Bosk throughout the story group. Um, in Battlefront 2, Bosk has been in uh, the, the reboot since 2015. He's been a major character, and he's an awesome character to play. He's super fun. And um, and you're finally getting to see some more original, like, new canon um, action from Bosk, which is so fun at, at the height of his bounty hunting powers. Yeah, uh, yeah, and... You see this early mission on Corellia early in the comic where uh, they are, I guess they're going after some sort of bounty. We don't get to get a good look of at the bounty or who it is that no. they're chasing. Uh, I, I believe will be pivotal to the story. But then, um, yeah, in that moment, Nakano Lash, this Nautilus bounty hunter, turns on the whole team, which is Boba Fett, Bosk, Valance, uh, a, a character name, I think, uh, is it Camus? Or Cam- I, I say Camus like Albert Camus, like the author, but it's it's Camus. Right. Problem. Well, that was but, the um, client. Um, he killed the client. So there, there was, right. a mission was led yeah. by the person that was about to pay all these like high end about ba- uh, bounty hunters. Right. Um, and and, and, and kills them mysteriously. We don't know why right. either. Yeah. Right. Uh, 
then we have Tongar. I think he's there too. He's a, mm-hmm. he's a character who has a, uh, I believe a sister who we see for a few panels and she seems like she's going out to seek revenge against Nakano as well. Yeah. Uh, and did, uh, did you mention uh, the big guy? Uh, do we mention uh, Boba Fett? Yeah, oh, Boba Fett. Big a big appearance for Boba Fett in this yeah. issue. I mean, he is just laying waste. I mean, he is just yeah. he's he's kicking butt in this issue. Um, yeah, cool to see Boba Fett on top. Like I I feel like the 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 the, the fan kind of uh, the fan idea of Boba Fett is kind of diminished. Uh, in the last like since 10 the Sarlacc, yeah, like since yeah. the Sarlacc, since like Boba Fett, Boba Fett, where and he falls in the Sarlacc pit. Like I think <laughs> since that moment, it's been like downhill for Boba Fett. But uh, this years, issue, years he, he comes, way downhill, yeah. way, <laughs> way down. downhill into and the Sarlacc. Sar- uh, yeah, guns blazing in this issue. So super. Yeah. What do you guys think of Boba Fett in this issue? They used him perfectly, which is sparingly. I'm a big yeah. use him sparingly. He should have about no more than ten words. It's similar. It's similar to my Darth Vader rules, right? Like, right. don't say a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's a, it's uh, like he he looked a lot like a Marvel superhero in this. Like he's yeah, just his action panels are like he's just like a one man wrecking crew, which is uh, yeah. awesome. This is this is the Boba I, Fett we want to see yeah. fulfill his destiny. Some animosity my favorite. between him and uh, yeah. Balance, though, which is, yeah interesting to see yeah which is healthy yeah who 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 does like balance <laughs> um, i hope his next iteration is he gets melted down into a calf cup that's what i want for balance. <laughs> yeah are you happy there's no dengar in this series no <laughs> we're gonna get dengar he's coming don't worry i i i was i was ready to get like all snippy and i couldn't get snippy so it's fine I'm, i love to hate dengar so i want him in this it's fun um he's coming um, he's going to be the one person that balance actually gets the drop on in the entire series. Um, I was going to say, I did like my favorite parts of Boba Fett was the right, at the end, like I loved him lounging the way he's yeah. sitting yeah. and sleep. Fett spreading. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's like, yeah, yeah. that's totally that character. Yeah. And, uh, I guess this explains why in star Wars number issue number two, when, when, uh, when, Lando and Chew, who goes with Lando? Anyway, Lando goes to. Uh, oh yeah, goes to uh, uh, Jabba's palace. Why Han isn't there yet? Because apparently Boba Fett was on his way and got distracted and, by this bounty. Yeah, and it looks like he was actually at Tatooine when he turned around. That last oh, panel really? that sure looks like Tatooine to me. He was like right there, and he's like, Ugh, yeah. "Okay." He's like, "Well, what's Han gonna do?" He's yeah, just he literally pulls a space Huey. <laughs> space Huey. <laughs> Um, another good crossover there is, um, I, well, Grant alluded to it, but we see uh, Black Karsten Meow and uh, and Dr. Afra. Um, they, they run into Bosk. Yeah. Which is, yeah. that's going to be some good. We haven't seen the first Afra comic yet on this new run, um, but it'll be interesting to see how it coincides with this mission. Yeah. I also oh, like how she calls really Black Karsten cool. Than uh, BK. I think that's kind of... <laughs> Your pet name. That's even shorter than Santi. Wow. Okay. Santi. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that fight was pretty incredible. Like, like if they ever do an Afro movie, I feel like that scene almost needs to be in it because it's like, and I, they would never adapt something from the comics. But it's like that. Yeah, but they might borrow ideas. They've done that right. before. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Phosphorus Black Chrysanthemum would be a great scene in a Doctor Afro movie if it were to ever happen. Yeah. Um, it would, it would definitely be great in the trailer, too. I would go see that movie immediately. Um, we get some cool... So talking about the nitty-gritty, uh, we get some cool new canon material here where we have a new syndicate, mm-hmm. the, the yep. Mourner's Whale, which are on... It's pretty there. good. On, it's a Carillion syndicate. Carillion. Yeah. Right. Carillion syndicate. Uh, we get some cool um, new bounty, kind of uh, bounty hunter kind of uh, handlers, right, in this issue. <sighs> Oh yeah, there's one who's on like a space station with a bunch of screens, yeah. And uh, like this is sort of the um, oh, so I can't think of his name now. Uh, but there's a lot Lobot. of oh, like Lobot, that guy. Well, yes, he has the the Lobot head. I don't know that guy's name, but I'm trying to think of. Anyways, there's a lot of Mandalorian crossover here. They talk yeah, about they pucks. talk about pucks. Yeah, they talk about um, nope. uh, the Beskar steel. So they acknowledge yeah. that actually no uh, fobs though, which is real weird. I was waiting for my fobs. <laughs> Oh right. Well, fobs are coming. <laughs> Lots of fobs. Yeah, yeah. I was waiting for that sh- that p- shot. Of are, are you? Uh, of were you looking for grief carga? Grief carga. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, so this, uh, this is a different sort of yeah grief carga yeah. union rep or whatever. 
so we get these different bounty reps. Uh, we get one that's kind of this. It's like this droid that kind of looks like the medical droid, like the two one B. Yeah, he's like a cross between like that guy and K two S O. Like there's a yeah, yeah. Uh, he looks cool. I actually really like the design. Almost looks like something out of like New X Men or something. Um, Then we have Syfax Bountiful Bounties, and he is the Lobot looking (laughs) uh, uh, bounty handler who. Really, really cool. He like he looks like he's in like some kind of a some kind of like computer room where he's got lots of computers and. But then, uh, what I think really he's on an asteroid or something? He's too. on an asteroid. That's cool. right. Yeah, he's on an asteroid. Um, what really surprised me was we get we get a new bounty hunter just at the very end of this issue. I don't know if you guys remember this, but a, a guy named like Oris is like sneaks Ooh. into that into that room. Yeah, and yeah. he has he looks uber powerful. Like he almost has like this yeah. strange face mask mask looks similar. Yeah. I think he had tentacles too. He has tentacles. Pretty sure he has four arms. Like he is an OP uh, bounty hunter. He is ready. He's to... just Omega Red, yeah. but whatever. It's like <laughs> I was I... gonna say Omega Red. He has the Omega Red Beat hair. Beat to it. Got to um, but it is it is an Uber '90s uh, character, <laughs> like just giant shoulder pads. And I'm sure if you saw his feet, he wouldn't be the feet would not be drawn properly. Like a Rob <laughs> Liefeld. Exactly. Missionary. I love it. Um, yeah, and so he'll, he'll be. A, he seems like he's going to be a, 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 a just an obstacle for a player. The guy, yeah, yeah, guy yeah sure. Um, pretty cool. Uh, he's a new character, Oris. Um, obviously, you guys said we got Afra on this issue. Um, uh, love that. There's some um, love that the the Tonga uh, Losha little story we get. Um, mm-hmm. uh, not story, but so much just just an insight into their relationship and. That was cool. I uh, hope that continues. Um, yeah, I really hope this. I can't wait to see. I, we don't know anything about Nakano Lash or who she is. Um, uh, I know we know that she's, she was a bounty hunter at some point, but I've kind of labeled her, her as like an under, under, underworld figure in my mind. Like she, she, she may no longer be a bounty hunter after that event that happened in the past. So I'm yeah, her name to appears to be Mud. Yeah, because she's like disappeared, yeah. right? They don't, they don't know where they would have killed her if they could find her. So. Yeah, it's going to be a fun run. I mean, this, this, they can do a lot of amazing things. There's going to be crazy characters. I hope there's a hundred cameos, like every bounty, yeah. like IG88. I want to see Forlom. Like, I, I want them all. I mean, it's called Bounty Hunters, right? So I right. feel like it's. I feel like this story is going to be getting the gang together, right? I feel like that's the story oh, we get. Oh, right, is... because ultimately, right, they have to. We're before. Wait, no, because this is after episode. Yeah. Five. So they've already been together. <laughs> they've already been together, but they'll probably pull them back together right. to to right. go after whoever, right? Like I feel like that's yeah. I feel like the reason we haven't seen Dengar because we haven't had the issue where they have to go to I don't know Dengar's mummy planet and pick him up. <laughs> <laughs> that would but, be awesome if he lives in a pyramid. Also, not to like <laughs> I was about to say, also not to get like two two current eventsies, but like. Dengar would not do well coronavirus land because he'd be out of toilet paper to wrap himself around. So okay, oh no, people would just be stealing it off his body. <laughs> That's right. At that point, <laughs> he'd be mugged instantaneously once he goes outside. Right. He actually fits the bill for being a like toilet paper hoarder. That's like That's probably, true. He's yeah. like he's hoarding so much he's that he hides pretty. it off his body by not having. <laughs> yeah. He's selling them for ten dollars a roll on eBay right now. It's cool. That's, that is actually on brand for Dengar. Yeah, <laughs> it's a Dengar move. Yeah. Um, cool. It's it was fun. I, this having three comics. We haven't had that in one week in a while. It's been kind of slow drip. So it was fun to talk about so much. Uh, next week we're back to just one, but it's Star Wars number four. So I'm excited because maybe we'll finally figure out find out who grabbed Luke's lightsaber. That's right. They didn't cover it in the last one. Yeah, and they're not going to cover it again. It's going to be episode issue six of that of that run, be my guess. But we'll know. We'll see. It's I cannot wait until we see. Mara Jade, you cowards! <laughs> <laughs> big swings, big swings, yeah. big swings. So like, hashtag big swings. Oh man, All right. awesome! All right, great job, y'all. This has been so great. We just talked about one, uh, four, five new entries into the the pantheon of star wars like media this is so great that we're still getting all this stuff so um love talking about it with you uh thanks very much for listening and um we will talk to you next week and uh, may the force be with you this is grex Kondak signing off for the latest breaking news follow at core world news on twitter and instagram 
Thank you, and good night. Remember, the Force will be with you, always. Yeah.